You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenchurch.com. We hung on one week longer. Everybody else said, oh, what do you mean we're shutting down? So it's like the little rebellious spirit that we are. We want one more Sunday. But I just thought about, man, what a blur. So much has happened in a year, and I started just thinking about what I was preaching today, going, wow, what a timely message. Because we learned a lot about who we were as a church during this last season. We got to learn a lot about who we are as leaders in this last season. I got to learn a lot about myself in this season. We got to learn a lot of stuff about who our friends were in this season. But I'm telling you, God's done a radical thing in this season, in that post made me just say, thank you, Lord. Put us in that refiner's fire, and we get to see what comes out. And there's been a lot of amazing things that have come out, so I'm excited uh, about this message this morning. I feel like I haven't been up here preaching in a while. What incredible worship. Man, incredible worship. So grateful my little boy and I drove up this morning. My wife went over to Bressy campus for the surface over there, and she just came back with amazing reports. Pastor Jesse Sullivan preached his first message ever and ripped it. And I'm uh, just thinking to myself about all the incredible leaders that are being raised up in this house that are preaching the gospel. And to watch some of you just radical things happen. I'm gonna tell you, men's prayer this last week messed me up. I was dehydrated all day from the tears. My eyes were sweating three different times. But I was just thinking that what happened on Tuesday, like, healed up a part of my soul. I'm thinking to myself, don't ever forget where we came from as far as our testimony. It's by the word of our testimony. Let's not forget it. And to hear these guys, man, it was radical. I mean, I couldn't even wrap my head around, like, man, that's another moment that I'm going to hold on to. And so I encourage you, let's find those moments and hold on to them because the world needs something radical today. And I'm just going to tell you where we're going and then we're going to read a little confession of faith real quick and then we'll get into this word. But you came here this Sunday not to check the box. Some of you, someone drug you to church. Amen for that person. Some of you got invited, didn't want to go, but you didn't want to be that guy. So you came. Good job. You had a choice. We all had choices today, but we got here. But now that we're here, let's choose not to get distracted by our Instagram, by, you know, one of our updates on the 400 different threads that we're now on. Because you'll pick it up because you'll feel it, but then the enemy used it as a distraction. That's why I went away from actually taking notes in my phone again, back to old-fashioned pen and paper, baby. Because I felt like the enemy kept distracting me from receiving what I needed to receive today. I won't go there. I could have been naughty. Let's read this confession of faith. Listen, for some of you, it might be a declaration. This might be new, but we prophesy. So whether you believe this or not, if you don't believe it, just declare it. Speak a thing over your life today. Destiny is a choice. We all have choices. 
The title of my message is Destiny is a Choice. Where you're at today is a product of the choices that you've made along the way. Where you're going tomorrow is the, the choices that you make. You got here based on a choice. What you do tomorrow is going to be based on another choice. And I'm telling you, we want, we want to line up with kingdom destiny. That's what we want to do. This is just a choice. We can choose to believe it or declare it. Once you believe it, it's a confession of faith. Let's say it together. Are you with me? Here we go. Today, I am worthy to receive and possess the keys to your kingdom. I am blessed. I am healthy. I am bold. I declare favor, blessing, and peace over my life. You, Lord, direct my steps in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said amen. So let me, uh, let me pray for us, because Lord knows we're going to need it. At least I'm going to need it. I can always tell when I poke the enemy a little bit because he screams between services. And I just felt like the enemy was trying to intimidate me before services, like, no, you're not going there again. And now I'm going to double down. I had a choice to take out a couple things or add a few things. So I chose to add a few things. And I think it's important because every day there is an enemy that comes to kill, steal, and destroy and tries to intimidate us. And you have a choices to make. And as men, your family's counting on you to make the right choice, the kingdom choice. There's one truth, and it lines up with the word of God and edifies the spirit. Let's choose that. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for the word today. God, I thank you, Lord, that you open our hearts, you open our ears, that you open our eyes to see differently. You open our hearts to believe differently. And God, you shift a gear that we do differently. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that those that don't yet know you are going to hear you today for the first time. God, I thank you for those lives in advance. They're going to give their life to Christ and spend an eternity with you because of a moment today they choose you. I thank you for those that need healing. They're going to let go of their ways and follow your ways, and they will be healed. God, I, I thank you for those that see one thing and choose to see your thing. Lord, I thank you for a shift in perspective this morning that you're going to stir the righteous. God, I thank you for a church that's willing to be different to win a city. And we stand on your truth today. And we honor you. And everybody said, amen. amen. Come on, let's do this. You guys can be seated. Worship team, thank you. I'm seeing a little bit. Just a little bit. I wish Florida Lord, Georgia Line went to my church. I'd make them play that song right now. Obviously not a lot of country fans here. That's okay. Just a music fan. Trying to work it out. We all need a little country, just a little bit. So a couple years ago, maybe, I don't know, six or seven years ago now, I had two twins in my office, and uh, one was a raging alcoholic, and the other one was completely sober. And it was funny, when the alcoholic came in, I just, I don't know what it was, I just said, why do you drink so much? And she said, well, my mother was an alcoholic, what do you expect? So a couple hours later, the sister came in, and I go, hey, why don't you drink? She goes, my mother was an alcoholic. What do you expect? 
Two different people, same mom, two different choices. Destiny is a choice. What we decide today, and listen, if you get offended, here's the good news. You can come back. You know, it, it's, it's funny because over the last three weeks, I've been around the church 15 years. I've heard Pastor Jurgen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times, and I've been poked and prodded hundreds and hundreds. I like it. It's, it. it's not a sick thing. It's actually a biblical thing. All growth happens outside the... Why do you want to stay comfortable? If you come to church and you feel comfortable all the time, I'm not sure the message they're preaching is right for you. Last Sunday, Pastor Jurgen pricked me a little bit. On Wednesday at staff meeting, he pricked me a little bit. I got uncomfortable. But you know what? I'm grateful for it. Because I don't want to be the same version of myself I was 15 years ago. How many know? Thank God I'm not. I don't want to be the same version of myself I was just a few years ago. I don't want to be the same version of myself as I was pre-COVID. God is doing a new thing in my life, and I'm hoping every single day. But if not, I know every single Wednesday and every single Sunday, he's definitely doing a new thing. And I think it's interesting. So if you feel pricked today, just come back Wednesday. The worship will heal you up. Come Tuesday. I think that's why subconsciously I do Tuesday prayer. Lord, heal me from Sunday. I should tell Pastor Jurgen, if, if I cry one more time, I'm not coming back. That's all these people hearing stuff. You need to heal. Let it heal. But I'm going to tell you, God's going to do stuff, and, and I, he's doing something in this house, in this church, and he wants to enlarge us. To take the territory that we're called to take, he's got to do a new thing. Why are we talking about old, old, old wine? When he's trying to give us new wine in new wineskins to do radical things. So I'm taking some Bible moments, really, the last three sermons Pastor Jurgen's preached has messed me up where I've gone to do a deep dive, and then I heard this prophetic word that messed me up. I text Pastor Jurgen, I said, this thing just messed me up, and he goes, good, preach on it. I'm like, okay, permission, thanks. I'm doing it. But this was where I needed to grow, and since I'm preaching to myself, I figured I'm glad you're here to listen. Point number one is, and I have three points. I don't know if I'm going to get to them all. And if I don't, then I'm going to switch out Wednesday night with my wife's permission and preach Wednesday night because I didn't get to point number three, and I don't want to rush it because point one and point two were good enough. And point one is what you see matters. What you focus on expands, so what do you see? See, my whole context is coming around Caleb and Joshua. And Caleb and Joshua were these two dudes that were in Egypt, and specifically, I'll start off with Caleb. He was born in Egypt, born into slavery. Wow. That's all he knew. Right. So it doesn't matter where you've been, but it does matter where you're going because right. you have a choice. Right. Mike, I know you're getting it. You were here the first one, but everybody else, you can respond. <laughs> we're amen, shout them down kind of church. I grew up Presbyterian, so the silence scares me. I don't want to... <laughs> So listen, it was the tough life. 40 years old, he finally left Egypt. He went with the Israelites. He followed Moses, said, I'm going with that guy. I see what that man's carrying. I see the power that that guy's walking in, the authority that Moses is walking in. I'm following him. And he got out of his Egypt. 
but what you see matters. Now I'm going to fast forward because Moses prophesied about a promised land. He spoke about a promised land and all Caleb and Joshua had to do, they had to listen and start to see it. But I'm going to fast forward to Joshua 14, 10. Now they're in the land. And then I'm going to go back. So we're just doing a little fast forward. I'm going to give you some perspective that Caleb had, and then we're going to go back. In Joshua 14, 10 through 10, it says this. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he had kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses, while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old. How many know at 85, you're a little set in your ways? Listen, at 45, I'm set in my ways. But 85, he's set in his ways. Listen, but he's still willing. He said, I'm still strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm still as vigorous to go out and go to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill, this country where there's giants that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. What do you see? Where the giants are that God's told you to take. You see them and now you have a choice. Do you fold like a deck chair or do you step into it? What you see matters. See, in World War II, my dad's a... Vietnam vet, my brother's in the Navy now, so I love, he used to make me sit down and watch uh, every Christmas, then her every year. I'm into the chariot stuff, but all the other stuff really scared me as a little kid. I'm like, whoa, why are they beating on the drums so hard? Ramming speed. No one's seen it? Wow. Not a lot of Ben-Hur fans. Okay. Maybe I'm the only kid that watched Ben-Hur every Christmas. I just tried doing it to my, I found out, six-year-old. I think it intimidated him. Maybe not the... I think he was hoping for Batman. I was bringing in Ben-Hur. Um, but I love this quote by General Patton. He said this, courage is fear holding on one minute longer. You might have a giant out in front of you, but can you hold on one more minute? That's courage. God's asking you to be bold and courageous today. And what you see matters. Here's why. Back in the Bible in Numbers, and I'm going to read a couple verses for you, there was 12 spies. Many of you heard the story, there was 12 spies, but let's use some different vocabulary so you get it. It could be 12 leaders, it could be 12 bosses, it could be 12 influencers. They were all at the top of their game over a tribe, and there's 12 of them, and they were sent out to go on an expedition. They were chosen to go into the promised land and come back with a report. Now, the truth is they didn't need to go to the promised land because God already told them that it was a land flowing with milk and honey. 500 years before to Abraham, he already painted the picture. Even the Lord said there's giants in the land. So the facts were already the facts. But here's what happened. You see, they didn't need to spy it out, but they came back. And now, however, we get to see the interpretation of the facts. Ten of them came back with the facts that there was giants in the land, we shouldn't go in there, let's not do it. They were intimidated, there's no way. Even though it's flowing with milk and honey, there's no way we can take that. And they prophesied into their future, you're right, they didn't. But there was two people, Joshua and Caleb, that saw differently. What you see matters. Your destiny, your choice. They all created their destiny. Ten of them never went in. Two of them did. It's all by what they saw and their interpretation of the facts. It's amazing to hear all the facts today. Yeah. 
I'm living in San Diego. I like to call it the finest city, the promised land. I'm not going anywhere. It's based on what I see. I'm going to prophesy what I want it to be. And whatever you put your amen to, it will become. We got to be careful what we're amening right now, especially in the city that we love. Now, listen to what Caleb said. Caleb was outstanding because it was he who stepped forward in the beginning with a positive report. Numbers 13, 30, he says this, then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land for we certainly can do it. But the men who had gone up with him, the other influencers, we can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. So that was the majority report. But how many know Joshua and Caleb had a minority report and they weren't going to back down from it. So much so, Caleb, the man of faith, said, I'm not going back to the way it was. I'm not going back to what used to be. I'm not going back into slavery. I'm not going back. I'm not even going to look back. I'm going into my future. And they, the Israelites, said this in Numbers 14.4, and they said to one another, we should choose a leader to go back to Egypt. See, the, the, the Israelites had been transformed by the culture of intimidation, and they were starting to justify that slavery looked better. That brick building looked better. They were willing to go back when God was trying to get them into their promise. What you see matters. Caleb had the faith to forget the past. It's amazing how many Christians talk about the good old days. Talk about the prophets, talk about this. What are the prophets saying today? See what Caleb said in this, Numbers 14, 6 through 9. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephthah, who were among those that had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored as exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into the land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not be afraid of those people of the land, because we will devour them. The protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. What do you see today? We have to have an honest conversation that at least admit, what do you see? Most of us have a blind spot, and we're wondering why we're at this part of our life, and we feel like we're stuck in wheel spin, is because are we really at being honest with ourselves? What do you see? Are you willing to ask for some of your close friends that have an anointing to see different and help you get you out of that blind spot? Can you receive it today? I love in Luke 9, 62, no one puts a hand to the plow. That means you're going to put the work in. Some of you are serving. That means you're putting the work in to build the kingdom. Some of you have a job you're putting the work in. It says no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Why are we looking back? Your greatest days are ahead of you if you choose to see it. doesn't matter your age. Caleb was 85. What do you see in front of you? we got to keep pressing on forward. We're going to come up, and there's things that are going to try to intimidate us, but we got to have that overcoming spirit. Who's around you matters too. I love this. God reminded me, showed me a picture of I just read this random devotional. It wasn't random. It was the day I needed to read it yesterday, and it was just talking about the cripple. He was crippled for 38 years. Jesus walks by and says, rise, take up your bed and walk. He did. Do you think he's ever going back? Right. 
It was like an amen to what I was seeing. It's like this guy didn't even see. He just responded to the word of the Lord. Didn't have time to think about it. He just picked up his mask and said, all right, if you say so. But once he came to his senses, do you think he was going back to that mat to be a cripple? No. He was in shock just going, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Do you know his future was different? Sometimes we just need that kind of encounter with Jesus. And he's trying to talk to us that way. He's speaking to us right now. We just got to pick up that thing and go and don't look back. Don't look back. (laughs) Philippians 3.13, if you need a word around it. But the one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I mean, memories are a wonderful thing. I like memories. But let's not get stuck in memory lane. Let's think about what, that's why I always say the windshield's a lot bigger than that rearview mirror. Quit looking in that thing. What would have good, should have been, had been. No, God's trying to get you into something new, but you're so focused on where you were. It doesn't matter where you were pre-COVID. It matters where God's going to take you if you can trust him. What you see matters. I love it. You know, my grandpa, I told this story in the first service. We moved him into a retirement community, uh, you know, as he got old, really old, almost 90. And he calls my dad one day and he says, I met a lady. I was like, oh, dear Lord. And he goes, I want to spend the rest of my life with her. I'm like, how many more weeks is that? You know, it's like, <laughs> my dad's like, yeah, whatever you want, you know. So he, uh, he called us later and he was super embarrassed. He goes, hey, can you come down here? I proposed last night. I just forgot what she said. <laughs> so my dad went down and went and found the sweet old lady. And my grandpa embarrassingly in front of my dad says, hey, you know, I know I asked you to marry me last night. I honestly am so embarrassed. I forget what you said. And she goes, oh, thank the Lord. I forgot who proposed to me. (laughs) Never let the facts get in the way of a good story, but it happened something like that. Listen. The problem is God's forgiven us if you chose to accept Jesus. It's done. Yet we keep beating ourselves up due to past mistakes, past choices, past things. And we're living in the past when God's trying to take you into a promised land of the future. Listen, I'm saying hold on to that testimony, but don't sit there and rehearse and curse where you've been because God's trying to take you something into a new place. Let's prophesy that thing in. You know, I love this in Numbers 14, 24. It says, because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. What I love that is he said he had a different spirit. See, we can't influence a world if we have the same spirit. We got to be a different culture to that of the world. I mean, at Awaken, we take a lot of heat for a lot of things, but we're trying to disciple a different spirit. I don't want to be raised the way I was raised. I had no conviction. I'd go to church on Sunday. I'd say I'm a good Christian boy. And then on Friday night, I was doing what the world was doing. It wasn't until I saw something radical that I could believe in to see something different from my life. And I came to this church. I was hearing a different word around the gospel. I was seeing the miraculous. I was watching people get healed. I was watching. I just got a report from the Baby Miracles workshop that that someone's already pregnant and they've been trying to get pregnant for seven years. Testimonies are pouring in 
from that baby workshop, yet there were still people that couldn't get over the line to get there. What do you see? That's trying to do something in our lives. Point number two, what you believe matters. What you believe matters. You can see a thing. You can come to Tuesday morning prayer. You could see people getting healed. But at some point, what you believe matters. I'm calling this, you need a Red Sea moment. Listen, Joshua and Caleb were the only ones still around because of what they saw. They were with Moses. They got out of Egypt. And then they came to this Red Sea. And they said, oh, dear Lord. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying, Moses. But then they had to make a choice. What do we believe? And then Moses, boom, boom, parts it. And they start walking across. And then Joshua Caleb had a freaking out moment. They probably booked it. Don't think there was any peace. Chariots coming behind them. The entire Pharaoh's army is chasing them. And you think they were walking? I don't care how cool you were. You are peeing your pants a little bit. I'm just being honest. Massive water up on both sides. You are running across on dry land and your mind is being blown. Your mind is being blown. You get to the other side and you're watching the rest of the Sally's complain for the next 40 years. And God had to say, I don't like complainers. No offense to any Sally's here. I apologize. I can't say Karen's because that my mother-in-law's name is Karen and I get in trouble every time. But Joshua and Caleb, a generation had to die. So the new generation, they didn't walk through the Red Sea moment. They just had to hear what Joshua and Caleb said about the Red Sea and say, why do you honor Moses so much? And they saw the honor that Moses had. They honored their leader. So they were raising this new generation to hear the stories of what once was. They had to hear the God stories of the Red Sea. Because when it came time to walk into that new thing, they were just had to make a decision. Well, what do we believe? We weren't there for the Red Sea. We have to believe them. Moses wasn't going across. It was now Joshua. They had to believe in the same God that Moses had, was the same God that Joshua had. And Joshua says, we're going across the Jordan. They had a choice to make. Your destiny is your choice. They could have sat there and made a choice, or they could say, I believe. And guess what? They did it again. And they walked across on dry land across the Jordan into the promised land. And if that's not enough, I'm going to read to you a little bit more. They got their own Red Sea moment right there for their generation. See, some of us need a Red Sea moment because we got to pass that Red Sea moment onto our kids. I'm in this church laying down other things because I had a Red Sea moment. I never saw myself preaching the gospel. I loved what I did. I still love what I do. I'm passionate about it. But I had a Red Sea moment that I cannot deny. That's my anchor. Now, I don't want my kids to grow up on my tales, hearing about my God stories. I want my kids to have their God stories. I need my kids to have their Red Sea moment. I need this generation of young adults to have their Red Sea moment. 
but you got to get it. There's even pastors right now we got to be praying for. They need a Red Sea moment because their church isn't open. And I'm telling you, God's going to shake what he's going to shake. He's going to separate the wheat from the chaff. I pray for every one of my pastors that I know that they get a spirit of boldness that comes on the inside of them, that they don't sit there and take a knee to what the world says, that they get a different spirit on the inside of them. They go, I need a Red Sea moment, Lord. I'm going to stand and I'm going to fight for my community. I'm going to fight for my church, that there's men and women that need church. They need the gospel. They got to open and we got to pray for them. And here's what I'll say. I love it. I just heard this guy because... If we don't do that, see that generation came up and this is what the Bible says in verse 21 in Joshua 4, 14, it says, on the day that they passed through, they exalted Joshua in the sight of Israel and they stood in awe of him as they had stood in awe of Moses all the days of his life. Joshua was that guy now. And how many know that there was a new generation that just got their moment, but not too shortly later, they walked up to Jericho. See, the Red Sea was the most talked about thing in the Old Testament. Jericho was number two. You got to understand, verse 21, he said this, and he said to the Israelites, in the future, when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. So later when the Israelites were going to take Jericho, they didn't look back, but they remembered the power. They had Joshua standing behind, now listen, if I came to you and you never seen any God stories and we never shared God stories and we didn't have a Red Sea moment and I came up to you and said, hey, church, we're going to take a building over there. It's an Ashley Furniture store. You know, it's going to be about 26 million. Let's just go walk around it every day for seven days. And then let's yell up and down and cheer. And I'll bring a dude to play the trumpet. You're all going to look at me like I'm crazy. But we as a church, because we've had so many Red Sea moments of taking territory, when Pastor Jurgen got up and said at a Vision Builders, we're going to go buy Ashley Furniture Store. That's an altar for the Lord. It's going to be one of the greatest churches in North County where there's going to be the miraculous miracles. People that have been trying to get pregnant will be pregnant. People that have been broke are going to find the blessing of the favor of the Lord. We had a whole bunch of people that said, here's a check. Sign me up. I'm in. I believe you. Some of you aren't fully picking up what I'm putting down. But what you believe matters. Your destiny, your choice. I'm going to read two verses and I'll land it and say point three for Wednesday. Because what you do matters. I love this because if we finish and we get our Red Sea moment, this is why it's so important to the next generation. Because they said, if God is with you, the way he was with Moses, Joshua will follow you anywhere. And they did. But see, if God is with you, the way he heard that I heard he was when I read the book, God's Generals, the way he was with John G. Lake, the way he was with Smith Wigglesworth, 
the way he was with Dr. Cho, Catherine Coomer, and Billy Graham, the way he was with Pastor Phil Pringle when I saw a miracle right in front of my eyes happen of a crippled girl get healed changed my life forever. That was Pastor Phil with the C3 moment. The minute I saw Pastor Jurgen prophesying things coming into existence, taking territory, if you will follow where you, where they're going, because they've had Red Sea moments, I'll follow them anywhere. You got to figure out what do you believe today? What do you believe? You can't come here and just want to stay the same. Otherwise, we'll be too uncomfortable for you. You're like, man, I got to go, you know, their music's too loud. They're way too excited. They're too radical on Tuesday mornings. Those Wednesday night at power nights, yeah, I don't know if that's for me. Why not? What do you believe? What are you hoping for? What kind of God? Let's not put God in a box. You're right. Things get crazy. I mean, on Wednesday night, Pastor Alex was praying for a bunch of people, and someone hit the deck chair. I'm thinking, dear Lord. But there's people that are already getting testimonies back that they got healed. What are we going to do? Was it uncomfortable for Pastor Alex to go after, bring people up, and then go after the miraculous? Yes! But I'm going to read the verse that he's holding on to because he wanted a Red Sea moment. Before this all went down, in the first chapter of Joshua, this is what the Lord said. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land which I swore to their ancestors that I would give to them. He was waiting for somebody to be bold and courageous. That land was prophesied 500 years ago, but he couldn't find somebody bold enough to finish it. But Joshua stood there. And then he goes on to say, be strong and very courageous a second time. How many times do you need to hear it? Guess what? More than once. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or the left. You will be successful in everything you do, says the Lord. Can you receive that? What do you believe? It doesn't matter if you failed in the past. It matters where you're going today. What do you believe? Study this book of instruction. Study it continually. Meditate on it day and night. Where's the enemy come? He wants to come to you first thing in the morning. He's going to come to you the last thing you do before you get. But if you meditate on this day and night, meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper. Some people don't like that word. Only then you will prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. What do you believe today? Come on, we need a church that believes in the promises. What you do matters. That's coming Wednesday night. I hope you're ready for it. But everyone has a choice to make. Our destiny depends on how we choose. Eve had a choice. Lot had a choice. Abraham had a choice. And you know what he did? He got up early, grabbed his boy and said, let's go. Who does that? But he had a choice because he knew that God, Jehovah Jireh, his provider, would provide, did provide. But he had to believe. What do you see today? What do you believe today? Listen, I've had disappointments. I've had things not go my way. But it doesn't mean I'm going to change my belief in what 
word said about all things are possible. God, just help my unbelief. God's been showing me pictures of what he has in store for me, and I just have to tell him every day and be honest. Help my unbelief. God, I mean, that's radical. Help my unbelief. Every single one of you, God's been speaking to. Whether we choose to believe it is up to you. We have free will. Some of you have been on the fence like, I've never even accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Guess what? You have that free will. You don't have to. You have a choice. But your destiny is on the line. The enemy will do whatever he can to make sure you don't make that first choice. But after you make that first choice, he goes, he says a lot of colorful words probably. Shoot, I lost another one out of the pit of hell. So then he wants you to start making choices that make you play small. That make you listen to the voice of intimidation. Our job is to disciple you differently is to get you hear God's stories. And if God can do it for them, he can do it for you. God's no respecters of person. So what I'm saying is, hold on to those God's stories until you have your own Red Sea moment. A lot of them are riding on coattails until you get yours. But if you believe you can get yours, you'll get yours. It's amazing because guess what? We want to disciple a bunch of church. You're right, you probably saw that promo to Men's Emerge. Even I was going, man, that's intense. But I've been there. I've seen what it does to men. I've seen the men that come back. How do you get 2,500 men out in the dirt? I mean, it started off, our first one was 100 men in the snow. 2,500 men was the last one. We're believing for 3,000 this one. People from around the nation are going to fly in because they see something different. They're starting to believe different. We're going to raise up an army of men that want to lead our homes, that want our kids to have a red sea moment that we're going to believe for radical things don't think this rally night is just to see a bunch of pro skaters flip up and do things i want a thousand young kids from around san diego to hear about it to show up to hear the gospel to get a red sea moment to flip their school upside down and preach the gospel but we got to make room for that listen let's all stand to our feet and i'm going to pray i'm going to leave this altar open And because I've gone over, I want to respect time, but here's what I want to do. I have a a ministry team that I'm going to call forward right now. If you feel like you keep beating yourself up or feel like you just can't see what God's trying to get you to see, I want you to come down and pray, and I'm believing that blind spot's going to get broken off your life right now this morning. I would call it the altar. That's where lives get altered. Don't let pride or ego get in the way. Who gives a rip what anyone thinks because there's a destiny on your life and it's your choice whether you want to go get it or not. And I'm telling you, a lot of people have done this in this house before and they are cheering you on. But if you've never given your life to Christ, it starts there. I have a response team that will be right over here. This good looking dude with the Emerge, he's got a Bible and a book called Following Jesus. We have a whole response team that just wants to pray with you because that salvation is the most important decision you'll ever make your whole life. We want to pray, we want to look after you, we want to help disciple you, we want to not get weird. We're not that church. We just want to build you up and give you the right tools to equip you with the right armor to send you out so you can see the power work in your life. So you could hear from heaven and know that's God. Because he's been chasing you your whole life. Do you know that? God has been chasing every, because he's, he's the one that created us in his image. And he's going he's gonna to chase you. 
until you realize, you know what? Only you. That's what he wants. So my response team wants to pray for you. For the rest of us, I'm just going to pray real quick. We're going to open up the altar. Service is over. Take someone to lunch. Give them a big high five. Baptisms are on Wednesday night. You know, it's funny. I'm preaching on the next step is what you do matters. What you see, what you believe, what you do matters. Baptism. I'm not talking getting sprinkled as a kid. I'm talking your choice, your declaration of faith, your decision to go all in. I want to get baptized. That's Wednesday night. Talk to my team. Anybody say, I want to sign up and get baptized on Wednesday night. We want to. We want to be here for you on Wednesday night. It's going to be radical. It's one of my favorite things to do. During worship, watch people get baptized while the whole church cheers. It's radical. But let's pray right now. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, that you're trying to do a new thing. God, I thank you, Lord, that you're stirring a church to be bold and courageous, to see things we've never seen before. God, I thank you, Lord, that there's some people here, they feel stuck. But you're stirring them into the next chapter of their life. And it's going to be greater than the previous chapter. And I know some of you have had a, had a pretty radical chapter previously. God says that's nothing if you can trust me. If you can trust him today, he's going to take you into a new thing. And that new thing will be so great, you won't even sit there and wish, I wish I could have, should have, could have. No, no, no. God says, I have a new thing for you. So Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you're going to stir the men and women in this place, that we can believe again. Those that need to be healed to forgive themselves will let it go. If God can forgive you, why can't you forgive yourself? Come to the altar and let my ministry team pray for you. But Heavenly Father, Lord, stir those things. Highlight that people need to see again. Highlight where people need to believe again. God, I thank you, Lord. Expose the lies from the enemy. God, we press into the things that you have for us. God, that we want to believe for radical things, that the next Billy Grahams will come out of this house, that the, the next incredible worship leaders will come out of this house, that the next Catherine Kuhlmans will come out of this house, that the next Wiggleworths will come out of this house. God, I thank you, Lord, that there's anointing for healing in this house. Lord, that we're seeing radical miracles. And that, God, that we give you the glory in every single one of them. God, I thank you, Lord, that those that receive salvation, the free gift of the gospel, Jesus Christ, thank you for sending your son, that they receive him for the first time in their life. That the rest of their life will be the best of their life. That, God, they have no idea what they're in store for, but it's the most radical experience. God, we don't want to play small. We want to do radical things to... For the kingdom. God, I thank you, Lord, that this is the church that believes. Give us another Red Sea moment. God, we hold on to those Red Sea moments to stand for the world that is lost in chaos and confused and scared that doesn't know the future. Let there be a church that stands on the word of God in boldness and truth. God, I thank you for Pastor Jurgen and Leanne for being so courageous. We honor them because you honor them. And everybody said... Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.